Welcome to the Hustle and Flow podcast. The platform we use to explore varying perspectives and opinion through candid conversation. We chat about philosophy, business, and all things life. I'm Sean the Hustle. And I'm Les the Flow. Let's go. So something that's it's actually you've been saying to me lately mm. and um, has been on my mind and realized that life's better when you do it and that's shooting your shot. Okay. So I thought that's what we speak about today. Yeah, cool. So um, I guess maybe give everyone a bit of context as to what it has been, I guess, for, for you or um, what, what the experiences were surrounding that. Yeah, man. So um, one example, I guess, small one for us is getting people onto the podcast. So um, people that you've reached out to and the people that you've come across that you found interesting listening to them on another podcast or you've come across them some way and um, you've reached out to them and asked them if they'd like to be on our podcast because you feel that we'd have an interesting conversation with them. And, you know, after you've reached out to them, you've messaged me and let me know, oh, I've found this person. I really enjoyed what I heard them talk about. Um, they seem interesting. I'd like to have a conversation with them too. So I just shot my shot mm. and I reached out to them. Um, and you've had success with that as well, right? We've yes. had guests yes. on the show that we really enjoyed that came on, um, that you had invited to come on the show and who came on. We had a really good conversation with them. And just recently, I can't think of the specific examples, but you know, there's been things that you've been doing and decisions you made and you just say to me, oh, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Mm. And it makes me think about it because... Um, I think there's a lot of times where we want to do things and we stop ourselves. Yeah. And I think shooting your shot and having the mentality that um, you should shoot your shot is a mentality you can adopt to get out of your own way. Yeah, totally. And I guess we can talk a bit more about other examples, but to talk more, um, I guess, deeply into the, the example of um, getting guests onto the podcast, you know, there's simply people who I've heard on other podcasts or people who I admire or I think would be a great um, person to have a conversation with Mm -hmm. and, you know, share their knowledge and wisdom and um, life experience. And like a lot of the time, these people are, you know, quote unquote, celebrities or, you know, influencers or or well-known in some circle or another, right? And you always think about, these types of situations and say to yourself, oh, who am I to, to reach out to this person and why would they come on? And, you know, it's not always going to be um, a successful um, outreach either. And that's, you know, that's part of um, the thoughts that come into mind when you um, maybe stop yourself from doing it and say, oh, what's going to happen? They're not going to, they're not going to do it. So why bother? Blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it's like that whole mentality of, uh, you got to be in it to win it type thing it. as well, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, like you said, we've had success with some of them, which is really cool. We've got people on that, um, that aren't, you know, direct um, friends or friends of friends or anything else. It's just people that I've reached out to who I thought would um, fit well with the philosophy of uh, our podcast. Uh, and it's cool. Like, you know, and then on, on the other hand, there have been people who, 
you know, what's the worst case? They just, they just don't respond. They don't, you know, they don't um, say anything or they don't um, come back to you um, or they don't acknowledge you're reaching out. And that's as, that's, that's as bad as it gets, really. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the key is that uh, if you don't try or you don't ask, you don't get, you know. Yeah. And, and that's um, what I think is powerful about having that mentality. And the crux of it is, um, yes, things can go wrong, but what's the worst that could go wrong? But what if it goes right? Yeah. And and that's what I feel is more important to focus on. And also, if you never shoot your shot, you have no point of making the shot, mm. right? That's right. Using the practical example of actually shooting a basket, like in basketball. Mm. If you don't actually take the shot, it can't go into the basket. Yeah. And you can't score, right? So um, I think if you never actually shoot your shot on stuff, you don't have the ability to get what you want, mm. right? Yeah. The answer is always no. Yeah. And I think that's what's important to note is if you don't ask, if you don't shoot the shot, if you don't go for something, the answer is always no. Yeah. And that's a, it's a very, I guess, succinct and poignant way of, of putting it. You know, if you simply paint it in that picture and use that analogy of, of basketball, um, if your goal is to score points, um, it, it can never happen if the if the shot is never taken. If um, and and I, th- I think it's a great way of putting it. Like you know, the answer is always no. Mm. You know, the answer is always no. So you get you get a small possibility. You yeah. know, and and like again, in terms of whether it's a big or small chance, yeah, that that in itself is is subjective in my opinion Mm -hmm. because if you think about it in 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 that way like these are like just your your self-talk that you feed yourself and say oh you know why would they respond you know i'm a nobody um you know they've got x followers and i've got like a small number of followers all that sort of stuff like you 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 create that narrative in your own mind to self-sabotage right so in, in in that instance like you know the the, the chance it's it's really like a chance in yes. general you know yeah. a chance is a chance regardless of how big or small it is yeah right for sure like you make it big or small based on the story that you tell yourself yes and i think there's a lot of assumption that goes into it as well like how we think people are going to respond is not necessarily how they're going to respond and we build things up in our own mind that don't come to fruition right um i read a quote actually this morning Michel de Montaigne, and it was, um, he who fears suffering already suffers from fear. Yeah. Something along those lines. Mm. And it's, um, we, I feel that as humans, we do, no matter who we are, tend to overthink. And a lot of times we go down the rabbit hole of the worst case scenario and travel down that hole really far, way further down than we need to, um, or that's productive in any way. There are some situations where, yes, you need to have uh, critical thinking is important and going down the path is beneficial because it can uh, uncover, I guess, parameters or you ask questions that once you come up with the answer to help you to make a better decision. But a lot of the times it's just neuroses. Mm, Totally. Right? We're just going down this spiral of pessimism or worst case scenario that is actually very unlikely to unfold. And I also heard someone say once that 
you know, worrying is the only, one of the only actions you take that when you're right, it's shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and on the flip side of that, like I said earlier, we always think about what can go wrong or usually think about what can go wrong, but we rarely think about what could go right. So I've been trying to do that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, um, and it's a very uh, interesting way for you to put it. And it's important to point out, right, that there is this fine line between, you know, deep thinking and overthinking, right? And like I, I myself, I'm, a, I'm always an advocate of um, deep thought and, and just uh, delving as far down the rabbit hole as you can. But there has to be a consistent awareness of what you are doing. And that's, that's important. That's key, right? Because in doing that in itself, it, it is a very fruitful endeavor. But at the same time, it can be, um, <clears throat> it can be quite, um, I guess, draining. And it can be uh, uh, negative as well if you allow it to, you know. So you always need uh, a constant um, level of awareness when you're doing that. You know, um, I think there's a Friedrich Nietzsche uh, quote where he says that um, you have to be careful when you're you're exploring the monsters inside you as not to become the monster, right? Mm. Something along those lines, and that's what I'm meaning. Like to to do like deep dive exploration into your, your own psyche and understanding why you think in certain manners and why you may be self sabotaging yourself. It's very helpful in uh, debunking those, you know, myths for yourself. But at the same time, um, you have to be very conscious of not being caught in those, you know, those loops to then allow them to become real delusions for yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's important to know as well is that you can allow things to become delusions for yourself. Totally. And also um, there's an element of confidence that comes into play there as well. Like how much you trust yourself or not. And a lot of times we self-sabotage in that way. We don't move forward with things because we think that things are a certain way or that we're a certain way. And without ever trying something out or actually moving forward with something, we just talk ourselves out of it. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Right? You're like, I'm not capable of this or that will never happen for me. I'm not good enough for that. I don't have the ability for it. And so you never do it. And by sheer virtue of not doing it, You've proven yourself right mm. because there is no option for you to prove yourself wrong yep. on that, right? Totally. So if you actually did it, you might succeed. You might get the thing you were chasing. You might, um, you know, outperform your expectation of what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. And then that sets you down a very different path and also helps you to build your confidence. Yeah, for sure. I think it's an important thread to talk about. So, like, you know, let's talk about the mindset of or the, the approach or the perspective of shooting your shot, right? Mm. And let's talk about what the, like, the negative is or what the blocker is, like, mm. for, for the most part. Like, we've talked about it a little bit in that it's usually some sort of doubt or, you know, self-sabotage surrounding that. But what do you think... Um, uh, are the other you know sorts of keys that factor into that um i think using other people's experiences and you don't know the full story mm. right you see someone else do something and they don't succeed at it and in that vein you think that 
it's not going to turn out for you either. You hear it all the time, like in a work setting. Generally, when people come up with ideas and they go, oh, we we did that before, it didn't work. Maybe it didn't work because of the person that implemented it. Maybe it didn't work because of the timing of it. Hmm. Maybe it didn't work because the resources were X and now resources are Y, right? There's a whole bunch of factors that goes into um, the success of an endeavor and no point in time is the same. And I think that people often take the um, the poor experience of others, apply that as knowledge to the situation or as like they use that track record and then they don't try shit. Um, and not to say that history isn't worth noting. It most definitely is, right? We all know that those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. Totally. But um, I think you need to be very careful about what type of history you're studying or like what type of past event you're using as the marker and using as your reference to move forward or not, to shoot your shot or not. Mm. Because there could have been a whole range of different factors that made it the result that ended up being yielded and turned out in a way that wasn't beneficial or wasn't the the desired outcome. But um, a lot of the times you don't know those factors either. You're basing your decision on a few variables and there's a whole bunch of other variables that were in play that you don't know about. And um, perhaps with some more consideration you or different application, right? It's like someone else did it, how you do it may be very different. The crux of an idea might be the same, but the actual execution could be very different and will get you the, the result you're after. And I think you need to be very careful about what you're using as a reference. Yeah, for sure. And so it's, it's an important point. Um, and so true, like uh, we can use historical experiences and situations as a positive tool or a, or a something that, you know, um, disables us mm-hmm. as well, you know. Um, but we have to, like you said, we have to be critical about what parts of the lessons from, from history we take and what parts we feel we need, you know, further analysis or uh, further analysis or uh, just further um, inquiry as yep. to why that may have been different now than then and yep. vice versa, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think another part that plays into it is people's perception on failure and mm-hmm. their fear of it. I think that's a, it's a very, I guess, um, it's a very popular thing to talk about these days, I feel, you know, fear yep. of failure and how that entire paradigm is shifting right now you know, or, or people are attempting to shift that paradigm of thought into like, it's not, you know, win or lose, it's win or learn. Um, but I think there's like this ingrained sense of fear towards failure and yeah. failing in, in, in any aspect of life. And I think that's an interesting thing to, to, to talk about just because I think that generally speaking, it's quite, uh, easy for us to pinpoint where that may have um, arisen from, mm-hmm. you know, like if you look at um, modern schooling system, uh, especially in the Western world, it's, it's quite, you know, black and white, you know, 
it's x to pass and x if you fail you know um <clears throat> so i think that in itself once people are put through that system they have a sense of what it means to succeed and to fail and people are afraid, afraid of doing that because of what the potential outcomes are on mm -hmm. the back of that it's almost like a crippling factor you know fail this many times you know in a row or whatever it is consecutively then you're handicapping yourself for your future potential basically mm. right yeah yep so yeah. i think that in itself is a very toxic way um for us to be conditioned you know in in these years of adolescence and when we're trying to determine what it is that we want to do and it's a very uh you know linear system that not everyone um wants to go through really right mm. not everyone feels like they innately want to follow this linear path though if they aren't able to succeed quote unquote in this in this linear path then they are basically told that they're a failure that big red cross you know it's under 50% whatever it is um it's it's a black mark against your name yeah. you know i think what's important about that as well is yeah i agree that people get marked as being a failure but that stems from um i guess a repeated pattern of failing but what's important is what are you failing at yeah and is that important or not mm. right i think about that you mentioned school and they either pass or fail and that's how you're graded and that is you're going to be conditioned by that it happens to you for 13 years mm. maybe not in kindergarten but after that you pass or fail you can do your times tables or you can't. You can spell this or you can't. You do a test, you pass or you fail, right? And uh, the it's just you fail, bad. You're bad at that. Mm. But who gives a shit if I'm bad at trigonometry, if I'm not going to use it? I can find someone that can do it if I ever need it. And the problem with labeling people as a failure is that, again, I think it comes back to their self-esteem. And where I'm going with this is the problem with failure is generally how you look to other people. That's why people don't want to fail because they're going to look bad. Mm. And if you look bad enough times, it starts to really play on your self-esteem. Yeah. And that's the issue with it in my eyes anyway, right? Yeah. Is that um, you're taking other people's opinions of how you perform at something it's based on an outcome. Uh, sorry, it's based on a judgment of you doing something that might not even be important to do. And then you're taking that judgment. Uh, you're applying it to your, like you're taking it in as your own, yeah. right? Like you start to embody it and then you start to think that you're a failure. And when you start to think those sorts of thoughts, that's when you stop trying to do things. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, another thing I've heard, which is when you fail at something and you get told no, you're just a certain amount of no's away from a yes. Yeah. But if you don't keep trying, you're never going to be able to get to the yes. Totally. Right. And I think that's the problem with being labeled as a failure or labeling people as a failure is that you, um, you inhibit their, their desire to try. Yeah. 
because you think about it logically like you keep getting told you can't fucking do something or you're not good at it you're gonna go well why should i keep trying because mm. it's not working out i'm not getting a good result i'm not getting any benefit out of this why should i keep trying yeah yeah and like you know that that really um that is my own experience through school as well you know um i was good at school quote-unquote good at school yeah. um when i tried but I also realized at a very young age, you know, in, in, in mid-high school or whatever, that I didn't want to do what they're telling me to do because it just didn't interest me or didn't seem useful at the time, right? So um, that really affected me and my self-esteem and my self-worth because the people around me that were academically, they were doing very well, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the, the model of success or um a a good a good kid uh, back in the day right so <clears throat> totally it's like it's 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 pretty crippling like um from a self self esteem standpoint and i think outside of that i mean generally speaking that sort of builds a an image um of what failure means you know and i think there's like a general societal image of what failure means and it's sort of like something that's criticized right and it's 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 almost like this image of of a kid who's who's um, pointing and laughing at, at someone else who has failed. I feel like that is like a, a collective perspective on what what the word failure or the action of failing means. Mm. But like we all know on the on the flip side, right, that through experience, whether we um, succeed, quote unquote, at what we're trying to, you know strive toward or not Mm. the beauty is that the lesson is always in that experience you know it comes out and like without failure we can't really move forward you know we don't really learn much no well failure shows you what's wrong that's right like when it's something you actually care about or that's pertinent to you or important to you and you try and it doesn't turn out how you want it's a marker to show you of what can go wrong or it shows you what you don't want to happen and then you can go back and assess what you did why you didn't get the result and do something about it if you never try you have no reference totally you've got nothing totally except again your overthinking and your neuroses about it yeah and a whole bunch of potential outcomes that may be or may not and the trying part is very important like I keep coming back to him, but it's because it's very important and it can change your identity because it's changed my identity. Mm. So that's why I know it can, right? Because I've gone from someone who just wanted to get results and pinned my, my worth, like my self-worth based on if I achieve things or not, which I've now shifted to, I'm someone who tries, right? And if I try, I like I'm in the game mm. and I've got the potential to win. And that's important. It's important because people that keep trying are the ones who succeed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're someone who's um, makes their identity about trying to improve, trying to learn, trying to become better, like to me, there's nobility in that. Yeah. There is because you have a, a fighting chance and you're mm-hmm. doing everything you can. And again, without actually trying, you can never have what you want. Yeah. It's not a possible, like, straight out it's not a, a possibility for you if you don't try mm. 
And also, I think it's important um, the connotation that we have on certain terms, right? Like, um, I think about it now that we're older, and we still say it like, you know, be like, oh, he's such a tryhard. Whereas now I reframe that in mind, I'm like, maybe that person really cares about what they're, they're trying to achieve. Yep. You know, it's like people trying to be too cool. And instead of now I think that, you know, oh, he's a tryhard. He's trying to be so cool. Like maybe that person just wants to be accepted. Yeah. Because they haven't been accepted in a lot of different situations. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with someone wanting to have connections with people mm. and then making an effort to try and make those connections? Yeah. And also like failure or the term fail, sometimes it's great to fail at things. And if you put it in a different context or a different sentence, it means something's totally different. It's like, I fail to give up. Yeah. Like it's completely different. Yeah. Right? If you're someone who fails to give up, that's a super positive thing. Mm. Um, but it's what we place on certain, the, the meaning we attach to those terms that makes a difference. Yeah. And I think that is uh, a ever-present theme in like our discussions, right? Is that we talk about these words from a collective standpoint, but we want to also, you know, peel back the layers and like, you know, understand and unpackage um, as to why they may have been connected with, you know, such feelings and perspectives. And failure is a big one. Like, obviously... When you say certain words, like, you know, you say failure, it, it's, it means something negative, like it's not good, right? But in essence, we've been talking about it and what it can give us, you know, in terms of the lessons that it teaches us and the, the, the direction and adjustments that it highlights to us. It's fucking absolutely a positive thing, mm. right? Like failure is not um, uh, the, the con- like the adverse of you know success right yeah it's it's part of the process of success yes you know failure is necessary to to succeed Mm -hmm. in whatever you want to succeed in yeah so it's so important to like even when you're conversing with someone and having like these discussions and just throwing words around and like putting assumptions on, on like you know a collective understanding of what that means it's not necessarily the case all the time and it doesn't have to be, you know, it really doesn't have to be. And that's why I feel like I use failure in a very positive way and I don't feel like failure is a bad thing at all. You know, I've failed so many times, you know, a lot of times and I continue to still do that. But the important thing is you learn from it. Mm. Like, you know, that's, if you see it as, a, as that, it's an opportunity to learn, you know, hey, that, that should be the fucking definition. Yeah, Failure but it really is. An is. It really learn. is. Because if you don't see how something can go wrong, there's like there's dangers in that mm. in a lot of situations too, right? Like when whenever they test something medical, dude, if they try something and it goes right first time and then you just ran with that, you could have some really dangerous consequences. Mm. Same thing with like if you're building something, like, Say someone tries to build a structure and they don't actually have some engineering background. Yeah, it might go up and it's all good, but it's the times that people have failed at doing things or a structure has failed or an experiment has failed that's taught people what not to do so that going forward, you don't do that Mm. and so that things don't fuck up. Yeah. 
And if you didn't actually have those experiences of failure, even though you've succeeded in one part, you're going to have a really poor effect on something in another area. Yeah. And, and failures stop that from happening. Yeah. So they actually are practically very useful and beneficial. Totally. And I think this is like, if you think about even in a very practical and um, corporate context, you know, in, in the project delivery space, in, um, in the world of technology, there's always a testing function, you know, that is purposely there to firstly understand what it is that you're trying to deliver from a technology standpoint. And then on the other side, they are there to write all the testing plans to determine how they could effectively break the system. Yep. Right. That's what their function is. And they'll test everything from like to, to the T down to like the smallest detail, you know, further to that, there's also the function of people going out to market and having or setting up a uh, sandpit environment where they invite end users of whatever they're delivering to play around with it and just try to break it. Yeah. That's the wording they use. Try and break it. And if you do break it, let us know and then we'll fix it. So it's a, you know, polished product. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that the other day, how Google does that. That's right. Like they invite people to try and hack their systems Mm. and they reward those people that end up hacking it. Mm. Like they want to see if you can break it. Yeah. And essentially that's a failure on their part of what they built. Totally. But it's an integral part of making sure that there aren't problems down the track. Yeah. And that's what failure is to me, man. It's like identifying problems and then how to overcome them. So you don't have to experience them again. Yeah. And if you think about these, these, you know, examples that we've brought up, you know, what is the theme here? Right. The theme for me and the, the, um, I guess the, the point, that is common throughout all these examples is surrounding like an actual experience yep. of every situation. Like you can, you know, theorize, you know, forever and believe that you have captured everything, but until it has been experienced, you know, in, in, in real life, then you don't know for sure. Right. And that's the difference between like, you know, knowledge and then, um, a lesson and learning through failure for sure and it's even as simple as i always think of the situation of when you ask someone out right a lot of the times there's very few people that are born with and have the confidence of just approaching someone that they're attracted to and shooting mm. their shot mm. and a lot of the times it's this massive thinking this ornate web of all these possibilities and things that can go wrong in your head Right, But until you actually just ask the person out, you're not going to know, man. Totally. And again, the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. If you never ask, it can't, there can't be a yes. Yeah. Um, but you can go through your mind through all the scenarios of like, oh, do they like me? Or oh, they don't. Maybe they'll think this about me. Oh, it's not the right time. Or oh, maybe if I wait until this time. Things can change in those moments too. Totally. Until you actually ask until you shoot your shot it's all like you said it's just theories man mm. and you have no chance of getting what you want yeah or having the outcome that you want 
Yeah. And I think, like, to, you know, follow this thread on to the next connecting topic that it's it sort of just flows on nicely, right? Like, we're talking about failure and things like that, and then the stories that we tell ourselves, right, to, you know, further solidify what we're telling ourselves in our mind. Like, it's just self-fulfilling prophecy, as you said. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, in, in the combat sports world, in MMA, right, uh, uh, there's there's many fighters who, um, you know, they originate from martial arts that aren't um, striking-based, you know, like wrestling and jiu-jitsu and things like that. And those sorts of fighters, they go into a world of mixed martial arts and they are, like, obviously, they're, they're more afraid or they're potentially afraid of being hit. They don't like it. Yep. And that can hinder their performance in, in a fight because that is always in their mind whilst they're in, in the battle, right? Mm. But once they get knocked out, right, yep. they, they experience that, that's the worst that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then they bounce back and they, you know, they overcome that. That's how they are able to overcome that fear yep. is to experience the worst. Yes. So, like, there's there's heaps of fighters that, you know, have gone through that and, and just, like, bounced back and, like, gone on tears because they're, like, they're fearless now. They're like, oh, you know, oh, that was the worst of it and that's, I've experienced it and it wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, I'm free from that, you know, that, that story that I'm telling myself that, you know, I could get knocked out or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And I think about, like, when you teach kids how to swim might be afraid of the water but once you jump in you realize there's nothing that bad mm. right you're obviously not throwing him into a raging ocean but like when they jump into a pool someone's there to catch him you're like oh so it's cold but then it gets warm and things just get better but you've experienced it is the point right yeah. like you try it you're like you have all these emotions swirling around you fears you do it and then you're like oh it's not so bad yeah exactly what you're explaining right like if you're afraid to get hit because you think it's going to be like incredibly painful or this will happen that will happen and then you get hit and it's not as bad as what you thought you're gonna be like oh it's not that bad Mm. and i think those sorts of stories that we tell ourselves it can be applied and can hinder us in so many other like uh, contexts in life you know it's always like this this hindering factor that that can if we allow it to really snowball and you know grow out of control Mm. um when we start to tell ourselves certain things about ourselves you know as you said there is like biological and physiological reactions to like a consistent narrative that is running around in your mind that that then you know wires us a certain way to think a certain way and then you know eventually become a certain way so there is a lot of, um, I guess, danger in that, in continuing to feed those narratives. Yeah. And, you know, in the context of what topic we're talking about today, sometimes the way to break them is to prove yourself wrong, you know, yeah. by shooting a shot and just asking or doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. If you actually go out and do it, you might just prove yourself wrong and then realize that what you've been telling yourself is bullshit. Yeah. And that can proliferate into other areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because the story that we tell ourselves does, like, we, it becomes who we are. 
Yeah. Right. Um, whatever we focus on is what grows. Yeah. And like you were saying as well about the physiological effects of, of things and how, you know, our thoughts and emotions can affect us and, and put us into cycles. They say that like, I don't know if it's neurons or whatever part of the brain, but it's like things that fire together, wire together. Yeah. It's proven. It's proven through neuroscience, right? So if you keep having negative thoughts and putting yourself into negative cycles, those are the parts of your brain that are going to keep firing. Mm. When you come up to, to a certain experience or something that is familiar to you, you that's, that's what's going to fire. But if you approach things in a different way from a positive um, mindset or a growth mindset or whatever it is, if that's your outlook and your approach and you practice that enough, that's what's firing and that's what will end up wiring for you and that's how you'll approach things going forward. Mm. It's why people tend to get classed as like optimistic or pessimistic. You're always looking at the bad side of stuff. So whenever you see something, right, you're like, what's wrong with it? What could go wrong? And what we focus on is what we get and what we focus on grows. And there's even, you know, like in our brain, like our reticular activating system, which is the mechanism that we have, which allows us to focus on that, which is important to us. If you're always thinking about what can go wrong, you're just look, your reticular, your reticular activating system in your brain looks for things to support that. And that can support what you are focusing on, which whatever you're focusing on is what's important to you. Yep. And you're going to keep finding what's wrong with something. On the flip side, if there's something you want to achieve and you're thinking about what can go right, you're looking for the things that can support what you want to do. And your reticular activating system will point those out to you. So it might um, enable you to see opportunities or identify them. Identify something that can help you along your path. And because you're focusing on what can go right, what could help me. And then you start to see those things arise for you. When you're having a conversation with someone, they might bring up, oh, I know a person that can do X. And that's what you've been looking for. So you can latch onto that. And then you can actually move forward and get what you want. Whereas if you keep thinking about what can go wrong, you'll keep seeing what can go wrong. And then it's going to go wrong for you. Yeah, totally. And I think, look, that's an important point to point out in that our you know our brain as a as a mechanism it do, it can't discern what is you know quote unquote good or bad you know for us right that is subjective that's mm-hmm. that's something that we decide so like you said whatever it focuses on whether we class it as a good thing or a bad thing that's what it's going to focus on and then you know eventually that's what we will become right yeah that's that's just the function of the brain doing what it's doing without you know the discernment of you know this human conception of good or bad you know it's just doing what it's doing you put whatever in front of it and that's what it's going to focus on yeah so important like i think at the end of the day like this whole discussion is simply about disproving one thing or another we've seen throughout history like so many things have been disproven and um, assumptions have just been shattered. Like uh, the marathon runner that, you know, ran a sub... The four-minute mile. Yeah, yep. correct. You know, that, that in itself was something that was apparently humanly impossible until it was done, yep. right? So that is a learning from experience, right? Yeah. And you, you look at the evolution of, of athletics and professional sportsmen, you know, it's crazy, you know, how, how, evol- like how that evolution has taken place in terms of what people are capable of doing t- 
today versus even 50 years ago. And that's just based on trial and error in so many different things and aspects of, you know, the game and everything that surrounds the game, Mm -hmm. like preparation and like recovery and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. That all plays a part of it. But the point is that that was through lived experience, you know? Yes. People learned through the experiences of, oh, you know, uh, we recover better if we give X amount of time and we do, you know, such and such like... um, recovery exercises all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. right that those are all from practice they're practical lessons from experience right so really right it, it it does really highlight that um the potential is uh as limited as we you know as we believe it is yeah you know it's like saying the sky is the limit but then building a roof yeah to limit ourselves or the sky's the limit, then building a rocket. Yeah. And the beliefs play a massive part. And, and also, going back to the four-minute mile thing, right? So if you don't know the story about the four-minute mile, it's that there was, I can't remember what his name was, but everybody thought it was impossible to run a mile in four minutes or less. And no one had ever done it. And there was a runner who actually did it, right? So forever, the belief was, you can't run a mile in four minutes or less. The guy who actually achieved it ran a mile in four minutes. But then what happened after was there was a number of people just a matter of weeks later that ran a four-minute mile, mm. right? They continued to beat the time. Yeah, that's right. And it's the belief thing. It's, um, you know, someone did it. So now people believe it can happen. So it keeps happening. Mm. And that is shows you the power of belief. Yeah. Right? And... I think if we took it a step back, whoever it was that did that four-minute mile, they had to try. They could have just accepted that it wouldn't happen or thought, you know, uh, this person's tried it, couldn't do it. There's been other runners who are better than me and they can't do it. Um, You know, this other person is far more athletic than I am and should have the ability to do it. Mm. So I'm not that athletically gifted so how could i possibly do it and it would stop you from trying but regardless of all that this guy chose to take um or chose to focus on what could go right and that it could be possible Mm. so he kept trying and he eventually did it and then that sparked the belief in other people and it kept happening and improvements kept on happening right and people kept finding ways to get better and better Mm. But the point is, he put aside what could go wrong and the fact that it had never happened before and he shot his shot, man. Yeah. And he kept trying and he didn't let... I'm sure he didn't run the four-minute mile the first time he decided to do it. But he kept trying, kept trying, kept learning probably what worked and what didn't, how to conserve his energy or not or whatever it was. He would have you know, taken experience from the runs he had where he didn't hit four minutes and then applied that and kept going, kept going. And then he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you think about it now, like you look back and look at that claim that it's humanly impossible to run a four minute mile. It's such an arbitrary number, right? It's just something that's plucked out of the air. And it's probably just based on, okay, um, a sample size of people who have attempted to run a mile have, have been un- unable to do it for whatever reason. 
but like it, you have if you when you have like the um, the hindsight to just look back and 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 be able to assess a situation in history and say you know it seems silly for that you know that arbitrary number to to have stopped people right or hindered people from trying like obviously there are physical um boundaries that that we each have as humans yep. you can't think yourself into being able to fly things like that mm-hmm. like it, it's just common sense right but like human capability is so much more potent than we collectively think and believe it is and that's i I guess it's like it's kind of sad in a way Mm. that human potential is sort of capped for whatever reason it is yeah you know yeah i would agree with that and i think that we all have the potential to be much greater than we think based on that collective notion of what is possible totally no matter what it is and, and what we're referring to and when i think about that it's also if anything's ever been done it can be done and even if it's an anomaly it's an anomaly that happened yeah right and and thinking that you're not able to reach that yourself like you're automatically on that side of the spectrum of what can go wrong as opposed to what could go right and i guess like i keep hammering that but it's it's so important man mm. It's so important, like to focus on what can go right, because the people that achieve amazing things, the people that pursue their potential and end up surpassing what they thought their potential was, the people who keep focusing on what can go right. It's not that you don't think about what can go wrong either. I don't think either of us are saying like you should intentionally fail at something. Yeah. Right. That's a different thing. We were talking about that earlier. Of you know, if you're trying to break a system to work out how to keep it secure. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but you don't intentionally try to make things go wrong that are just harmful to you either. Mm. But it's really important just keep focusing on what can go right and then take the lessons from what has gone wrong in your trials to keep going because that's how you can actually become an anomaly. That's how you can become great in your own eyes. That's how you can surpass the potential of what you thought your potential was. Yeah. Is by You keep on going. Keep on going. Yeah, and I think, look, even using those examples of, you know, people or corporations having functions that um, sort failure or seek the the gaps in whatever it is that they're doing, that is, it it holds the same principle as, you know, any failure that we as individuals, um, you know, experience is that we're trying to learn something. You know, that's, yeah. that's what it is. And that's the perspective and the lens that we need to look at it through. You know, it's the same in that we see failure as an opportunity to grow or get better, right? So when it happens and when we experience some sort of setback or, or, or a failure, you know, what is it that it is teaching me about this moment? And what do I need to adjust and pivot you know, and refocus and refine in order to get past this particular hurdle until I reach the next one. Yeah. You know. And you don't give up because if you give up, then like there's no opportunity after that. Mm. Like it's done. Yeah. Um, you've accepted that it's not going to happen or and you've made it so. 
through that acceptance. Mm. All right. And I think it's and it's and it's tough in today's world. I think, given that you know the the prominence of social media and the connectedness of of people around the world and what is being put out there, right? Um, you'll see a lot of the time that you know the exterior or what is shown is you know what is successful, the the fruits of the labor, but a lot of the time, the the failure has not been you know, shared or it hasn't been put out there. I think it's getting a lot better these days. Mm. Like we're seeing a lot of people who are being more transparent about their journeys, which is awesome, Yeah. right? It needs to happen. And like you and I, we're always transparent about where we've come from mm-hmm. and how we've, how we've been here and how we've arrived to this point and how we're continuing to grow, go down this path as, you know, uh, students, yep. students of life. Like I always say that I've lost like, tens of thousands in, in, you know, various endeavors and, and so much time and effort and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I wouldn't be where I am today because of the, you know, the, the great lessons that those you know, experiences taught me. And I think that's so important for, for people to keep in mind when, you know, you're looking at um, the people who you admire who you feel like are your models of success or where you strive to be, who you strive to stand next to in life, you know, they, they also, they too, without a shadow of a doubt, experience the whole lot of failure, you know, and, and adversity in their lives to get to where they are. Like I can guarantee you that. Yep. For sure. And it's just comes down to how much they're willing to share about that. Hmm. Right, because, you know, social media and how things are portrayed there, it's always a highlight reel. That's right. It's always a highlight reel. And, um, you know, even for the, um, you know, the experiences people have that they didn't want to have or the things that they failed at that they share with you, it's just a fraction often times of the failures that they've experienced. Totally. Right. The difference is they've taken those experiences, never gave up, kept going to get to the point that you're now seeing, which you might think is successful. So, um, you know, relying on the highlight reel of people and comparing yourself to that is a very dangerous game. Yeah. And yeah. also, like, it, um, it's just bullshit, right? Well, like it you is. See I, these- mean, I think you just have to also remind yourself what the premise and... Um, usage of social media usually is these days, right? Yeah. It's about applying a certain level of exterior sheen to your life to do something or another. There, There is an ulterior motive. Yeah, it's like, it, right? I'm going to show you how successful I am and then I'm going to teach you how to do it by my course, mm. right? Um, and like you said, there's an ulterior motive a lot of the times and you've just got to be mindful about that. And why someone's sharing something with you, like what their motives actually are, what their agenda is. Mm. That's very important. Um, And, you know, when I think about people who I deem to be successful, who have shared parts of their journey, um, a lot of times, man, you keep learning about experiences they've had, which are, would be regarded as complete and utter failures. Yeah. Right? And they have these embarrassing experiences or they have... Um, times in their life where they went through a period that 
they were doing things that they just didn't want to do. Mm. But they kept in mind what could go right and they just kept going, kept going and kept learning. And and that's how you can get to that point. You hear, you know, um, like athletes and artists and, you know, people that have gained notoriety for whatever they do. A lot of them will tell you that distinguishing factor is not that they are incredibly gifted or that, you know, they had some special ability. It's just the fact that they didn't give up. Mm, totally. I mean, the image pops in mind and many of our listeners would probably have seen it. It's like the image of Jeff Bezos in his, like, uh, in that garage or that old school office with, um, like, a Amazon written on a cardboard. Yeah, it's the office, yeah. his little office where he's got that spray-painted Amazon sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, like... That that that's a classic example, right? Of mm. of where everyone sees him now as one of the richest dudes on on earth, right? One of the most successful people on earth. Um, but he's also been through, you know, some shit. Yeah, you know, to to get to where he is. Totally. Another person who's um, you know very much in the spotlight, Elon Musk. Dude, he's had rockets blow up on him very publicly. Like that's a failure. <laughs> like. Right, mm. but he kept he kept going, right? A lot of people, I think, if you had multiple rockets blow up on you, you'd be like, maybe this is not something to pursue. But he kept going, and he just launched a rocket. I think it was last week, the week before, mm. and it's the first space flight from the US in ten years' time. He's the first private company to ever take people to outer space. Yeah, right. How do you just uh, relied on the data of his failures or as a reference to maybe space flight how I'm trying to do it is not a good idea and stopped mm. what happened last week wouldn't happen and he made history yeah. made history and also showed what can be done and that's going to set a benchmark for people as well right yeah. he's not the only person trying to um, privatize space flight yeah. or um, make that a possibility to take people out of space. Mm. Now that he's done it, other people will look at it as a possibility, just the way that people did with the four minute mile. Totally. So it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. Totally. But had he just been like, they've blown up, I should stop. He'd never have achieved what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the end of the day, I mean, shooting a shot, it's um. It's that it's just that old saying like you got to be in it to win it, and if you want, if there's something that you want to win at, that's the that's basically yeah, what you have to do. Yeah, go to a carnival. If you don't throw it and you don't knock something over, you don't win the prize. Mm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think the the reframe of failure and how you see it, you know, it's no, it's not, it's not a. It's not a negative thing, right? It's an opportunity to learn. If you see failure as an opportunity to learn, then you'll be surprised at how different your outlook on life is. Yeah, for sure. And always just remember, if you don't ask a question, if you don't go for something, the answer is always no. Yeah. I think uh, that's a nice way to end the conversation, man, for people to chew on those, those two factors. Yeah. And have a think about what they mean and how you can potentially adopt those frames of thinking into your own lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
How about you tell everyone where they can find you, man? Yeah, easiest place to find me is on Instagram. So Sean underscore Coop, S-H-A-U-N underscore C-O-O-P. And how about you? Yep, just find me on my website, findingspace.co. Um, Facebook and Instagram, the handle is the same, at findingspace.co. You can also email Sean and I uh, through our email address. If you've got any questions or thoughts, uh, any you know potential guests that uh, you want to recommend to us or you want to be a guest on our podcast, just send, send us through a note, the hustle and flow podcast at gmail.com. And guys, um, as always, just a humble request, a little fee that we ask for. If you took something from our conversation today, a little nugget, something that perhaps helped you to shift the belief, um, we ask that you do share the podcast. If there's a family member, a friend, someone you know that you feel could benefit from hearing this conversation, we'd really appreciate it if you could share it with them. Also, if you've got some time, please do leave us a review or a rating um, on iTunes. It really helps us with um, getting these conversations out. Our aim is to get these conversations out into the ears of people so that we can spark some more thought and hopefully help to shift some beliefs that may not be serving you into ones that do. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening. See you guys.